0: and I'm Crispin. In this podcast, we will be listening to the Adventures in Odyssey radio show that has been put out by Focus on the Family for the past 30 years. If you grew up evangelical like us, there's a good chance you've heard an episode or two. We'll be on the lookout for themes and messages in the show that coincide with and sometimes depart from God's vision for his kingdom in the world. Thanks for listening with us. We have a very special guest <gasps> with us.
1: Such a special guest! We have someone here to talk on our podcast. Say hi. Hello. And do you want to say what your name is? My name is Ramona. And um, how? I, wait, Ramona, how old are you? I just turned nine. Yeah, and do you listen to Adventures in Odyssey sometimes? Yeah. Okay, great. So we wanted to just have you on here to ask you a quick question. Which is, you know, what are your favorite adventures in Odyssey storylines? Because we let you listen to some of it, right? Not all of it, because some of them were kind of weird, right? Yeah. Okay, so, Ramona, she wrote down a list because you enjoy reading things, don't you? Yes. Okay. Um,
2: a few of my favorites are Easy Money, Broken Window, and The Great Wishy She Was.
1: Oh, very cool. What are, what
2: are the things you like about those? Well... Well, I like about Easy Money is like I guess how I don't know. You don't know why you like it. That's okay. Yeah. That's I okay. Just, you just I like, like it. it.
1: Okay.
0: Yeah. Do you like Musical Odyssey? Isn't Wish the Great Wishy was a musical?
2: I guess it is. And I like it and it changes the story up a bit. So, who's your favorite character? Um, One of my favorite characters is Connie, and what I like about her is that she's nice, but sometimes she bickers with Eugene. Yes! Mm-hmm. Connie is pretty cool. Yeah.
1: Okay, anything else you want to say on our podcast, Ramona?
2: Not really.
0: What's your least favorite thing about Adventures in Odyssey? Or your least favorite character?
2: I think one of my least favorite characters is maybe Glossman.
0: Mm. Philip Glossman.
1: And isn't there
2: one or two that has made you feel kind of scared
1: or something? I don't know. I don't think so. Okay, good. Good. Mm. Do you think you'll keep listening to them for a little while? Of course. Okay. Do you think it's weird that your mama and Baba do a podcast about Adventures in Honesty where we talk about some of the not so great things about it? Eh, not really. Okay. Okay. Well, thanks, Ramona, for being on our podcast. Now it's time to go to bed.
0: So <laughs> okay, <laughs> we should clarify that that's not how she actually talks. That was her – Danielle told her yesterday while she was reading that she has a silver tongue. Is that what you told her?
3: Yeah, uh-huh.
1: That she's really good at reading. So she's really into like writing everything down and reading it right now. Also, as she was walking away, she said, that was awesome. So she really enjoyed podcasting, but perhaps you can't tell. She's very nine years old, Ramona.
2: So, Mm -hmm. yeah.
1: So, yeah, is that weird that we let her listen to Adventures in Odyssey and then here we are being like it's horrible?
0: Yeah, I mean, the great wishy was I just never made it through, but I think that's a critique of postmodernism. <laughs> so.
1: So she just has some tapes, right? Yeah. that we have gotten at garage sales and we just take out all the ones about like American history and the modesty ones and they mm-hmm. They're just stories. I mean, focus on the family is possibly one of the biggest like radio broadcasts in the world. Like secular or Christian, they're just a huge deal, Mm -hmm. and they put out quality kids radio. Right. I feel kind of weird about it, but not that weird because we have two children that will not leave our sides. So every once in a while, yes, they should listen to a tape.
0: I always think about leave
1: mommy alone.
0: Right. Which you know we have she listened to Harry Potter the first three books. She does that thing over and over again? Uh, I think about when she was probably like five, she listened to this one uh, about a miscarriage.
1: Yeah, that's all I was saying. She would remember it, but she forgot, I think.
0: Right, yeah. There's this one where like this boy finds out his mom is pregnant and he's like, I don't want a brother. And then his mom has a miscarriage and then he like has this dream about it about like meeting the baby. Yeah. And like it's really traumatizing. It was really traumatizing for Ramona. Yeah. Uh and she listened to it over and over and over again. And by the end, like something had gone wrong with the tape where like it was like a little bit slower and pitch shifted down. No. Remember that? So no. it was like kind of like this. No. Like the whole tape. And she kept listening to it. Oh my gosh, <laughs> Just processing. I didn't know that. Yeah.
1: Well, so Crispin, we are gonna try and do two episodes this mm-hmm. evening, correct? So we need to get going.
0: Right. We're, so
1: we're so proud of everybody who made it through the last however many episodes we've done of the ties that bind. We are coming close to the end of this series and yeah, we have we have two episodes to go through tonight, and then we have the last one
0: to get yeah. through. Yeah. Right. And the last one is a like a is a double episode. It's like an hour long. Oh, is it? Yeah, so you're not off the hook yet. Great. But seriously, yeah. Um, and we just released the uh, our update one. Um, and so our church update, very special episode, and just got an outpouring of emails. And it was so great to hear from all of you. We just really appreciated that a lot. And we are continuing to pray for you. And if you still want to take us up on that offer, you can give, send us an email. Yeah, but we have got to get to it. Yeah. So, Buck gets interrogated by Detective Polehouse, mm-hmm. which they are trying to avoid in the last episode. And then Matthew, who is Jimmy John, talks to Wit about gender, which we will talk about because Wit says that uh, what's her face Miss Adelaide got it backwards.
2: Mm-hmm.
0: Buck and Camilla talk, and uh, Buck is basically it's saying like it's not so great being alone it's lonely um, and then uh, Jimmy John and Mark Evan Jackson Parker talk about marriage uh, and what's marriage um, and then Eugene uh, starts to figure out who the perilous pen is on the internet um, and then Wit and Randall talk um, and Wit leads Randall to the lord and then allegedly <laughs> right. sorry yeah we don't know yet uh Jules finds out that Vance beat up Buck uh and she didn't think that he would, and then Eugene and Polehouse track down the vigilantors because they're can't contacting other businesses, which is gonna come right I mean that is a conspiracy. Uh there's this weird joke about Eugene uh can only look at some of the information from the detective if he gets deputized. Uh but there's a weird joke about donuts and coffee. Uh Jules, Vance, and Buck meet up and talk. Um, and Jules decides I have to get out of here. I need to go back to California, just like Connie did in Connie parts one and two. Oof. Uh Eugene gives Witt some information, but we don't know what it is. Um and the uh oh the Parker Ever Jackson's uh whatever, the parents meet with Ms. Adelaide. And one person described it as a Christian parents' wet dream.
2: Oh, who did that? (laughs) That person
0: was not me. (laughs) (laughs) And Jules is the informant for the Perilous Pen. Oh, you just spoiled it.
1: Okay, so you did both episodes, because I was like, you are just rambling on, my friend. You are rambling on, but that was both episodes, so... Good job.
0: I don't actually know where it started or ended. And I also don't know if I got any of that correct. Well, also, people to... don't care. I know. That's what I thought. I'm like.
1: So I'm sure people just blacked out.
0: This is not like a quiz show. Because
1: people are like, who's Jules? Who's Vance? We don't ever talk about these people because we don't care.
0: Mm-hmm.
1: They're not really like the ones playing ideological, like hardball. So
0: mm-hmm. we
1: don't mess with them.
0: Right. So what's good?
1: You'd think I'd be prepared for this question since we ask it each time. You know what I think is good? Being married to you. You know what I don't think is good? The way they describe marriage (laughs) (laughs) in these episodes. (laughs) What do you think is good?
0: Um, Surprisingly, I liked that uh, Wit told... So, um, what's his face?
1: Oh, you gotta be more specific.
0: <laughs> I know, right? What is his name? Wooten? Yes. So, Wooten, whose house burned down, he felt really sad about losing his stuff, but was saying this thing about, like, I shouldn't feel sad, and Wit tells him to not deny his feelings about that sadness, which I appreciated.
1: Uh, yeah, that's true.
0: So, I like that part. It's good. Yeah.
1: I, is there anything else?
0: Um, I also... It's kind of weird, but I actually really like uh, Mark Evan Jackson's character and his conversation with Jimmy John.
1: Yeah, there's a part, and I think we're gonna get to it where they do talk about why marriages end in divorce, and I was impressed yeah. that they added abuse and threats of violence and mm-hmm. as a legitimate reason for marriages mm-hmm. ending. So I was like, "Wow, that's great!
2: Mm-hmm. Yeah,
1: Not great that that happens." Great that that's a legitimate reason.
0: Yeah, and I really like too that they were sort of. I mean, he at one point says like, "Behind every broken family is a sad story." Yeah, which is a way
1: better way of framing it, right? Because usually it's just like people just make these choices and they want something, and that's selfish. Yeah, and that's kind of what this episode is saying about gender, for instance, is like people just want to choose and twist God's plan. Mm And I'm like, do they know anybody? Right. It doesn't sound like it. I don't but. think
0: so. Right.
1: Okay, so I'm pretty sure the witsplain happens early on in this episode, right? When Whit is talking to Jimmy John about this gender assignment. And I feel like the kids are still saying, like, we don't quite get why this is a big deal to all you grown-ups, you right. know? Yeah. And Mr. Whitaker. First of all, does he witsplain teachers being illogical and horrible and, mm-hmm. like, preying on the minds of young children. What does he say about teachers? Teachers
3: teachers are just like anyone else. They're driven by their views. Very few of them intend to be unfair or blinded by their passions. But they can be.
1: But... I was like, doesn't Mr. Whitaker see himself in that statement? Well,
3: it's so interesting
0: because earlier on in the episodes, he's like, everything I do is out of my worldview. Right. Everything that I do informs, you know, like my business and how I do things. So,
1: but this is like the white supremacist patriarchal mindset, right? Everybody else has a worldview, everybody else is blinded by their passions, but not me. Mm hmm. That's totally Mr. Whitaker's viewpoint.
0: Right, yeah. Anyway,
1: so he totally throws teachers and Miss Adelaide under the bus. hmm And then he talks about the computer thing, which I think I'm getting a handle on.
3: God hardwired our gender into who we are. The software, as she called it, is how people have tried to twist God's design around.
1: So what is – okay, let's just stop for a minute. What does it mean to have gender hardwired into who we are? What does that mean?
0: I don't know. That's what I asked you last episode. Um, yeah. I mean, I think that there are
1: like men are for Mars and women are for Venus. There's two types of genders in the world, and they're just inherently different. And there's this set of characteristics that they tend towards. Right. Is that what they're saying?
0: I think so. Yeah. I mean, some people. Well, I mean, you obviously there are like hormonal differences on a spectrum. But that's, I don't think, what Mr. Whitaker is saying. But yeah,
1: at the cellular level, there are differences. There is a spectrum. Right. It's not binary.
0: Right. Yeah. I don't know what Mr. I don't, I mean, I would.
1: Like, even if we're talking about, like, reproductive organs, there is a variety among people.
0: Right. Yeah, I would be really, I wish Mr. Someone would have asked Mr. Whitaker, like, what does it mean to be man and what does it mean to be a woman? That would have been a good question. Well, what
1: it means is that there's a hierarchy.
0: That's what he would have said? No, but that's what this is (laughs) all
2: about.
0: Yeah.
1: You can't have a hierarchy if everybody's equal. But seriously, that is what this is all about. We can keep talking about the conversation because he then, Mr. Whitaker kind of takes it from gender being hardwired and it's God's design and when we tinker and mess with it, you know, things get bad to marriage and stuff. And then I th- he brought up sociologists, which right, yeah. I found interesting. Uh-huh. And what did he say?
3: So, yeah, he basically says, like, some sociologists have argued that if you can change people's thinking about what it means to be masculine or feminine, then you can change everything else. If gender isn't part of God's design, if it's something we can choose for ourselves marriage and family, and even our humanity, is whatever anyone wants them to be.
1: What what does that mean?
3: Uh,
1: And he said even like how people view marriage and then family and then humanity.
0: Yeah, if you can choose gender, then marriage, family, and humanity is whatever people want it to be. Which doesn't make sense (sighs) to me. Well, that's,
1: I mean let's just take a moment and think if this is real. So I actually am extremely interested in how people view other humans and how we approach humanity, and I think that is a core, central concern of Christian ethics. Mm -hmm. I do not see the connection to, if you start to throw rigid gender norms out the window, how we then start to not see the image of God in other people. Right. Because right now we are totally in a crisis of humanity. And we have been from day one. I feel like our pastor at church on Sunday at our new church, which we freaking love, which I am totally surprised by. Um, not because I don't like the people, but just anyways. Uh, was saying like the whole... Much of scripture is God just saying you're not getting it. You are not treating each other well. You are not loving each other. You are not loving your neighbor as yourself, right? Mm-hmm. And so and you're
0: not seeing God in people. Oh, yeah. God is saying, like, I am, like, my image is in everyone. And so when you mistreat people, right, you're mistreating me. It's not like God is taking it personally. It's like, this is what I'm trying to get you to understand is that my image is in everyone, And so you need to treat everyone well.
1: So I think being charitable, what Mr. Whitaker is saying he's concerned about is the thing we should all be concerned about. And we should be obsessed with it. Our lives should revolve around it. We should change our lives in order to try and approach humanity in a way that Christ would want us to approach it, right? Right. I don't see the connection at all. And I even just think saying vague things like sociologists have said when you throw out mm-hmm. masculinity and femininity, all this other stuff crumbles. Which again, re- like redefining marriage and family, why is that so wrong when we've seen in this storyline how Buck, like inviting someone into your family, is a way we show God's love? Right. It doesn't make sense unless you are trying to uphold rigid gender norms because that upholds a hierarchy where one gender is in charge. Mm-hmm. Correct me if I'm wrong here.
0: No, yeah.
1: So this is about patriarchy. And I listened to this really interesting podcast uh, The Bible for Normal People by PNs and Jared something or other. And they had on Cheryl Bridges Johns and she was talking about how I think it was like in the, the 70s and she comes from like a charismatic background which has some pretty interesting histories with women. <laughs> Sometimes Uh they elevate women, sometimes they don't. And she was saying in the 70s, they were all sort of like, yeah, like, feminists won. Like, this is great. Like, we're all equal now. And she said what none of us saw coming was, like, the the new wave of patriarchy that would form. And a lot of it is coming from, I would say, Reformed theology. Mm -hmm. Do you think I'm being wrong? No. Yeah. So Reformed theology has really shifted to focus on... Things like God's design
0: right. for male Grood. and female. The Grudes leading the dudes.
1: The Grudes leading the dudes? <laughs> you say Grudem?
0: <laughs> yeah. <laughs> is Wayne that Grudem? your new is that
1: your new catchphrase? Yeah.
0: Cause Wayne Grudum started, <laughs> right, the biblical council for manhood and womanhood. Yeah.
2: Or and something so, like that. And so
1: all of that was a direct response to feminism
2: mm-hmm.
1: to saying the genders are equal, right? And, yeah, I I think more of us just need to be aware that all of these arguments, including God's design, and if you tamper with that, you mess up everything. I'm like, what are they so afraid of messing up?
0: Patriarchy? Yes! Here's my question. I always get too shrill when we talk about patriarchy. (laughs) So I really wanted to make shirts that said drama queen for the patriarchy.
1: We already mentioned that on this podcast, I
0: believe. No, we just said Wit is a drama oh! queen for the patriarchy. And then I told you in the car that I would love to wear a shirt like that and you were confused, which I agree, it's confusing, yes. but it just really makes me laugh. Um, so Wit is saying, sociologists are saying that um, if we change definitions or notions of femininity, and masculinity, then we can change everything in society. Which I think is sort of this idea of like things in society need to change. Do you think wit thinks things in society need to change?
1: Well, I think we talked about this before. Did wit think things used to be great?
0: Right, yeah. Which, I, I mean, I would assume that yes.
1: Like do we need to make America great again?
0: Right. Yeah, I think so. So I think that is what he's when he's talking about this. It seems like he's also dismissing that things in society do need to change. Is my it's
1: thought. changing too fast? Is what I'm assuming. Right. Yeah. So that's another thing that like patriarchal complementary people like to talk about. Traditionalists, yeah. right? Mm-hmm. Things are changing so fast, and right, like, yeah. yeah, things are changing so that. More eyes can get on the text, where more people are allowed into these sacred spaces where people have been shut out for so long. Um, not, again, not saying that all progress is good. I don't think that. I don't yeah. think that. But I definitely, as someone who's a woman, right, like I am so thankful that more and more people are saying this is bullshit to say that women can't preach, that women haven't been gifted by God Mm -hmm. in similar ways. And that's not something I want to pass on to my kids. It's not something I want to pass on to my neighbors. You know, so I think just a general Christian ethic is like, is it good news? Not just for me. Is it good news for my neighbors? Is it good news for my family? Good news for my community? And patriarchy is not good news. I love what Sarah Bessie says. She says, you know, patriarchy is not God's dream for the world. And patriarchy is wit's dream for the world Mm -hmm. and focus on the family's dream for the world. Right, it's yeah. just good to call that out. Big convo is with Jimmy John and his dad, Mark Evan Jackson, Parker, talking about, like, why is marriage important? Or I think he even asked his son, like, what is marriage?
0: Yeah, and he's like, it's when a man and a woman decide to, to live Together, say they're going to love each other forever and have kids. Right. And then they talk about, but then he's like, but people don't do that. They don't keep their promises. Yeah. And then, they get uh, divorced. Yeah. And then his dad is like, talks about, like, yeah, that happens. So sometimes people get married for the wrong reasons. What do you think he means by that?
1: I don't know. But he was talking about their marriage, which is like, it's not all about feelings and like, Even if I don't feel it, like, I made a commitment, so I love your mother.
3: So even if I didn't have the feelings, I would still love your mother and stay committed to her. That's what we vowed to do when we got married.
1: And I definitely remember hearing stuff like this growing Uh up. So much so to the point that, do you remember what happened when we got engaged?
0: Right, yes, I do remember. (laughs) Danielle was depressed.
1: (laughs) We went out, like, with my parents to this fancy like dessert place. And my mom was like, what is wrong with you? And I was just like, marriage is really hard work. Like it's just a commitment for life. And you know, even if you don't feel the feelings, like you're committed for, life. like I was so depressed. Marriage is hard work. That just kept like running through my mind.
0: Over also and over you and over had, again. uh, I'll, like a few friends that had gotten married young And had a really rough first year of marriage that you knew. That's true.
1: So, just listening to him say that, I was just like, what does that even mean? Do you ever feel like you don't love me?
0: Are you asking me that now? Yes. I do not feel that. I don't
1: feel that either. Like, 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 the feelings could fade. And I would still be committed to love your mother. And I was like, I mean, we've been married for almost 12 years and we've been together for 14. Right. I was like... No, no matter what, there's feelings. Mm-hmm. Even if they're like anger or resentment, you know right. that they're couched in something like, I am I am attached to you. Mm-hmm. Like, you are my person. That's why I have all these feelings because we have made this commitment. Like, are you there for me? Look at me, Chrisman. I was spouting, I know. I was going to say. spouting <laughs>
0: attachment actually, theory. You actually listen.
1: <laughs> Chrisman <laughs> made me do couples therapy this last year mm-hmm. for the first time. It was Interesting. Yeah. I almost yeah. said fascinating, but it wasn't fascinating. Yeah. It sucked, and then it was really great. Yeah. So I just thought, what a dour way to talk about marriage.
0: Right. It made me think about we went on a beach trip on Saturday, and we ate at this restaurant, and there was this couple oh. – Right next to us, one of those awkward things where they're basically at the same table as you, and we're they're like t-
1: separated by a sliver of air,
0: right, and we were talking about you know talking with our family, you know our kids blah, blah. and it was this couple like in their like mid twenties and they did not say a word the entire meal that they shared together, and she was pregnant,
1: not a word,
0: and it wasn't even like it didn't look angry,, no. it looked disinterested, yes. Which I think is where people sometimes get to. Yeah. Is like people do get to this point where they're so protected. They're protecting themselves from getting hurt further that they just – they do disconnect.
1: Yeah. So as – so Crispin is someone who does marriage counseling with people. Yeah. How would you – like how would you define marriage? Like what is marriage?
0: Well, I mean there's two things. So marriage marriage is – an institution, mm-hmm. right? It is a commitment. That's true. And people do go through different phases in their life, right? And Where there, for
1: some Christians, it's a sacrament,
0: right? Yeah, yeah, definitely. And yeah, people go through different phases in marriage, but um, relationships are an emotional bond, and like what, what. Uh, couples therapists have done for a long time is like, you have to figure out how to negotiate better. Or like, I hear this all the time in like Christian, um, like Christian circles is like, you have to like follow Christ more or like sacrifice more. Mm -hmm. Or like, I like ran into this older couple, like middle-aged couple recently that I know from like a ministry thing. And I was like, Oh, I'm doing a lot of couples counseling now. And like, Oh, do you just like lead people to the Lord? And I'm like, well, if it was that easy, then there would be a lot less marital problems in the church. I get this idea in from this episode, like people aren't trying hard enough. They need to try harder. They need to like negotiate better. They need to communicate better. But really marriage is this emotional bond, right? So it is like knowing like, are you there for me? Do you care what's going on in my life? Are you engaged? Right. Do you, do you know, like see what's going on with me? Do you notice my emotions? Um, and sometimes couples get into this negative cycle where they f- th- they're they interpreting it like the other partner doesn't care about them. And so usually one person kind of pursues, pursues, but they pursue with anger. And then the other person withdraws. And the more that they pursue with anger, the more they withdraw. And the more they withdraw, the more they pursue.
2: Mm-hmm.
0: Um, and then, yeah, they get to this point where it's like, I don't like this relationship Cause I don't feel connected to you, but really under all of that is like, they really want to be connected. And I think that's what marriage is. Is
1: So I like that so much better than saying like marriage is about making a commitment and living up to your promises. Like that's really intense, right. especially if things are not going great. But mm-hmm. you're saying like when you actually look at psychology behind it, it's about connection.
0: Yes. Right. Totally. Which such better language to use. Yeah. Right. And people lose. it's when they lose connection that they feel like they want to get out. Right. Yeah. Which makes sense. Yeah. Um, and I think, yeah, the church could do a lot better job of like educating people about what's going on. And,
1: and connection thrives in certain situations. So, mm-hmm. I mean, I am quite a traditionalist in some people's views. Like I am 100 right. percent pro monogamy. I'm making commitments and vows in front of a community of people who will hold you accountable. Like my one of my favorite books on sex because – like most Christian books on sex and marriage, like they just sound like gibberish to me. Mm -hmm. But Lauren Winter wrote a book called Real Sex where she was basically like, yeah, don't sleep around with people before you get married because like everybody needs to know who you're having sex with. And so like making a vow to people – in front of other people means they're just going to hold you like accountable. Like he don't have sex have with, with the other person because we know you be with this person. And that does create stability for kids and for enemies. communities yeah. and for entire neighborhoods to therefore flourish. It's not just about making a commitment to one person. It's, mm-hmm. it's about flourishing for everybody. Right. And I'm like, yeah, that makes absolute mm-hmm. sense when especially looked at in light of history. But right. going back to like why is this such a common thing in conservative spaces to be like marriage is hard work just make a commitment yeah the feelings will come and go and probably go but you know love is an action and everybody needs to do this for me i think the more dark side of that is that rhetoric is used to keep women in abusive relationships
0: Mm -hmm. yeah and also i mean the church has done i mean the church has not done a great job in understanding psychology and keeping up with, like, what do we understand about relationships? And so, yeah, it's just, like, grit your teeth and bear it, which is, I think, not a great way to go through life. But really, like, we do, like, as humans, we want a person that we can go to, that we can feel safe with, that we can feel connected to that are there with us during stressful times. And that is what marriage creates. I mean, it creates an opportunity for that to happen. And I even think about like, some of my favorite couples therapists, like uh, another Whitaker, Carl Whitaker, who-
1: (gasps) Another Mr. Whitaker?
0: Mm Um, he was a crazy guy. Actually, he like wrestled people in group therapy what? for like the best chair. Yeah, he was really insane. But you're he... not supposed
1: to use those words. I don't think.
0: <laughs> That's true. <laughs> but talking about uh, how, like, thinking about sex and how sex in monogamy is—it's—it's it's a safe adventure.
2: Um. <laughs> oh,
1: I was hoping you would say that with a straight face, right, but you're giggling, turning red and giggling.
0: But yeah, this I mean- This it...
1: is a great adventure.
0: <laughs> But, yeah, I mean, it is, you know, it does create that sense of safety. And when you have a community supporting you in that, that's great as well. But if it's just like, oh, well, you just have to, especially in evangelical circles where you have to, things have to look good on the outside Mm -hmm. and you can't share problems going on. Yeah, that sucks.
1: That's a recipe for disaster. Right. Okay. We've totally solved all marriages. We've totally solved this issue of gender. What next, Crispin?
0: Um. Well. Oh.
1: Yeah. There's a. There's a. There's an awful convo we have to talk about. Right. Right. The Randall thing.
0: Yeah. So basically, Wit uh, visits Randall again, um, and Scrabble. They bring up his sister, Miss Adelaide again, Rhonda.
1: Well, kind of the same thing as last time. So Miss Adelaide is just being a drama queen. And she's a part of the Vigilantors. I thought it was fascinating. They said they have a textbook, basically, that they use down to even, like, calling their opponents names. But, like, what's the first thing that popped popped into your mind?
0: Feminazis. Libtards. Mm-hmm. Right.
1: <laughs> like, conservatives are the ones. Right. What are some names that progressives have for conservatives? I don't know. You came up with preservatives, but I don't think <laughs> that's caught on. No. You know?
0: Racists. Oh.
1: <laughs> <laughs> that's good.
0: I'm not necessarily equivocating. I'm just saying that that's what right. like liberals would say.
1: So Randall is basically like, again, their stand-in gay character being like, yeah, these liberals are just, they just have a playbook and they're just using mm-hmm. it. and But for what? Right. I mean, Whit sort of said earlier that Miss Adelaide must really believe she has the right way of viewing things.
0: Mm-hmm. But
1: Randall doesn't say that.
0: Right, yeah. What really bothered me is at one point, he they're talking about, like, you know, she hasn't always been this radical. My illness triggered something in her. You know, as though... She's such a snowflake. Right, yeah. Brother dying of a terrible disease. She's being so emotional about it.
1: Yeah, somebody on Twitter mentioned, like, are there no, like, retroviral drugs in Odyssey? Maybe they re- withhold them. Mm. It's like it's gonna be treated now. <laughs> oh, if Mr. Whitaker is in charge, he would withhold them probably because people need to suffer the consequences of their sins.
0: Right. But he would be there to play Scrabble. Yeah, he would.
1: And to lead them to the Lord. So this is like the, conver- the deathbed conversion scene, right, which mm-hmm. we all heard a lot about growing up. I did. Mm-hmm. Right?
0: It really reminds me something about not this, this one
1: in particular,
0: right? But... This reminds me of like the like those Christian movies that I watched when I was a kid. Yeah, totally. Right. That like that scene, right? Where Are you bad. scared to
1: die, Mr. Whitaker?
3: Doctors have figured out that I'm, I'm
0: running out of time.
3: Oh, I'm so sorry, Randall. I'm afraid, Wit. I don't wanna die. Are you afraid
0: of death?
1: Basically, is what he says. Uh, Well, no, because of my faith, I'm not. Gee whiz, that'd be really nice if I could have that. Well, let me tell you. And then it fades out to that music.
3: My faith helps me not to fear it too much. Some faith. We could talk about it if you want, now or later.
0: Now would be a good time. I don't know if I'll have a later.
1: A part of me is like, no, no. I wanna hear Mr. Whitaker step by step.
0: Well, I think
1: tell me how to get to heaven.
0: I think that he does that in the one where Eugene becomes a Christian. I could be wrong though.
1: No, I wanna hear now to a man (laughs) dying of AIDS in a hospital.
0: Yeah. Have you ever been almost
1: dying in a hospital? It's a horrible situation. It's happened to me twice now.
0: Yeah. I
1: mean, people are in a place of like existential terror and yeah, I'm like, I, I'd like to know what Mr. Whitaker would say.
2: Hmm. Yeah.
1: Especially if this guy went to Sunday school and learned so much from him, you'd think he'd already know. <laughs> right, Crispin?
0: Good point.
1: But yeah, I just, you know, this is like the total thing they do in this series is they just like fade away before they're really... Into- I, was just, I was also thinking as a child, I would have really, really, really wanted to know what Mr. Whitaker would mm. say. Mm-hmm. And they just fade out. Um, So yeah, I there's all this weird stuff with Detective Pullhouse, which again he comes across as an like, extremely menacing figure to me. But I'm not sure if that's how he's supposed to come across, yeah. Because right, Ram- he's like snooping around all these businesses and the vigilantes and IP addresses, and he's like sort of like this is sort of legal but sort of not.
0: Yeah, Ramona was like, is he a good guy or a bad guy? Yeah. It-
1: and then he deputizes Eugene so that Eugene can look at the information. And how does he deputize Eugene?
0: He says, I just need you to get me two jelly donuts and a coffee.
1: A large cauldron of coffee. Right. Like they're in Harry Potter or something. What
0: bothered me was that later, Eugene, Mr. Whitaker comes in and Eugene's like, In the envelope to your left is some information
3: that may be of help to you. Oh. But you can only look at it if you provide Detective Polhouse with two jam donuts and a cauldron of coffee. He needs to deputize me.
0: And he's like, he has to deputize me, which tells me that Mr. Whittaker is very used to working with law enforcement. <gasps> he's totally a, a narc.
1: Also, that is not how you deputize someone. I don't even know what that Did means. you look it up? No. <laughs> okay. But I think that gives you like some sort of legal responsibility and power or something. Power just can give power to other people, to whoever it wants. So that's terrifying. That's the moral of that story. And the moral then...
0: is that the detective... Only gives power to the other white men in the right. story. All right, so uh, the Parker parents go and talk to Ms. Adelaide. Mm-hmm. And basically, uh, they're just like, Can you explain to us why you got to see? It seems like a good essay. It seems like you're pushing your agenda. We don't understand why you're writing, asking for opinions when you're supposed to be talking about. Uh, Herman Melville's Billy Budd, gender, marriage, it's an interesting combination, and we have to wonder why you're choosing those kinds of
3: topics. Especially when we don't remember them having anything to do with Herman Melville's Billy Budd.
0: Which now I want to know, actually, because that keeps coming up over and over, is there stuff about gender in there? But it doesn't really matter. Well,
1: actually, that's a great point. Why are they writing essays about gender and marriage in English literature class?
0: Right, yeah. Yeah. Which I think that they're, I mean, it's so interesting. To make this
1: series work, that's the answer.
0: Okay, right. I think teachers do this. Um, I mean, I just, I have, like, high school students, and they're like, why am I having to write a paper about, like, what it's like to immigrate to the U.S. from the southern border? Oh. <laughs> <laughs> like, I have this, like, right-wing, uh, you know, teenager 17 who refused you know to write that essay so so i mean you know like what would you do if you're a high school teacher and you lived in uh current america well
1: i have so many agendas i don't even know where to start
0: right but basically they confront her and then she just like kind of backs down and was like well maybe you're right
1: yeah this was really fascinating cuz i thought it was going to go a totally different way
0: mm-hmm. right cuz
1: the parents are pretty intense like why didn't you give her I mean, why didn't you give him a good grade? And she's like, I kind of feel attacked. Or what are you suggesting? And the mom was like. Everything I know and I've heard about you
3: suggests you're a good teacher. An excellent one, in fact. Oh, I'm glad for that. <laughs> but even the best teachers can give in to the temptation to use their classes as pulpits to talk about their favorite causes. You know, bring in some religious language. And she's mm-hmm. like, yeah, I
1: would never. And then the mom was like. Well, sometimes we just do it without even knowing. And then all of a sudden she's like, All right, Mr. Parker, Mrs. Parker.
3: I promise. I will think about it. (laughs) Right. (laughs) I know.
1: And that's what, like, the writers of this episode are doing. So first she's, like, this caricature of, like, a drama queen. Vigilant or feminazi. And then... By like two people just being like, hey, you, it seems like you're pushing your agenda. She's just like, oh my goodness.
0: I never knew.
1: She's the perfect convert now.
0: Right. Yeah. Wow. I know. It I... all
1: changed on a dime. And if you weren't paying attention, like happens to me sometimes, the next episode would really knock you on your butt right. and you say, where did that come from? But it was just here. This just happened. We had two conversions in this episode.
0: Right. And I think that's the whole thing is like if we just if we just talk about these things in nice ways. Right. Then we can win people over. But my favorite part of this is they come in and they're like, thank you for meeting with us. And then the mom's like,
3: my husband and I read his essay about gender Mm -hmm. and we had a couple of questions. All right. David,
0: David, (laughs) which is how it's supposed to go.
3: Oh,
1: the dad says the
0: concern. Uh huh. Right. Yeah. She like is all like ready to go, and then she hands it over to him because mm. he is the leader of the family.
2: Mm-hmm.
0: So, yeah, good job, Parkers, being complimentary. Mm-hmm. Um. Yeah. It just was, and I think also like plays. I think maybe not explicitly, but I think is playing into this idea of like if you because they talk about indoctrination, right? If you send your kid to a public school. He will, they will be indoctrinated by the teachers there. Yeah. Yeah.
2: Which
1: maybe they will. What did Chris do? Uh, what did old Chris do?
0: <laughs> I'm trying to remember. One, it wasn't a big deal, and one, it was.
1: Well, that's not helpful. I remember what Chris did. Chris quotes the book of Numbers. You know. You know, the book of Numbers, Christmas, mm-hmm. that really amazing book of the Bible.
0: Right. It actually is a pretty amazing book.
1: I hate it. But that's because I was raised conservative Christian and it right. read like a bunch of gobbledygook to me. But something about like, no matter what, your sin will find you out. <laughs> well, it brings home the truth from the book of Numbers, chapter 32, verse 23. You can be sure that your sin will find you out. We may do our best to hide what we're doing and operate in the most secret ways and even fool a lot of people around us. But there is one person who can't be fooled. God, he knows everything that we think, say and do. And eventually everything we were
3: doing in the darkness will be brought to the light.
0: No, not well that and like God's watching. God's,
3: God's watching.
0: <laughs> right. you Your sin fool. will find
1: you out. You can
0: fool everyone else, but there's one person you can't fool, and it's God.
1: Well, so here's the deal. I actually love that message. I <laughs> yes, love it. Love, it. love it. Your little love, Enneagram it. love it. Love <laughs> it. Love it. But it seems kind of threatening when you're talking about kids who might be like gender nonconforming or who might be gay, and that's really, really, really sad, and you're making a sad face, and I feel sad, too. I I was thinking about like just quoting the book of numbers in the context of this and maybe like even Miss Adelaide's sin. So if we're looking at the two main s- stories here, like Rodney Randall, <laughs> Randall, Rodney, Rodney Rat- Bobby, <laughs> um, Randall, you know, having a deathbed conversion and then Miss Adelaide changing and then tripper Chris saying like, and your sin will find you out. So that's bad. But in general, I find a lot of, like, hope in this Christian idea that whatever is hidden, like, God will bring to light. And that should be just really invigorating and hopeful for all of us. Like, all things will be brought to light. And that's mm-hmm. really different from how this was phrased.
0: At the yeah. End. Right. I mean, do you mean like you'll be punished for what no, you've done in the dark?
1: No, but everything will be brought to light.
0: Yeah.
2: Right. So I mean, I just, I think even maybe that's that...
1: like bad news if you have done really. Nefarious things, but it's right. good news for people who've been like, "Yeah, I've been treated kind of horribly, mm-hmm. and I wasn't in power, so my my side wasn't heard or taken seriously,
0: or you know, right? Yeah, yeah. My what I took away from that was when Chris is like, Connie was betrayed by her half sister.
1: How would you feel? <laughs> right, your half sibling. Right, I'd be so mad. Yeah, I'm just kidding. Who knows? <laughs>
0: <laughs> All the Enneagram one is coming out at the end of I'm this.
1: Tired, I'm tired, Chris. I'm tired of this. I'm tired of conservative. I won't say conservative Christians. I will say I am tired of patriarchal thinking, which mm-hmm. has totally infected large swaths of the American church.
0: Yeah. Well, we can just tag you out next time Ramona and I can discuss it. That's true. It'll be fine. Hey, I told you that the last episode was the worst it was going to get, and it was going to just get better from there, and it actually has. I'm not saying it's good. No,
1: I'm exhausted by this. That's true. It's not better for me, because you're the patriarchy. <laughs> I- just kidding. Just kidding. Just kidding.
0: Yeah, we'd love to keep getting emails from you guys. Uh we'd like to maybe collect some questions for our final episode.
1: We should since we didn't have time, we should tweet out the focus on the family questions on our Twitter account.
0: Ooh, yeah. When this goes up. There's some good ones. Yeah. Yeah.
1: Yeah. So you can find us on the interwebs prophetic imagination at gmail dot com. Prophetic imagine on Twitter. And y'all are the best.
0: Yeah. We're going to make it. I feel like this is the last mile of the marathon. One
1: more episode.
0: Right. Which one one more episode is not a big deal. No. Except if you've already done a whole bunch of other episodes. That is
1: true. We'll need to treat ourselves after we do it.
0: Yeah. That is what we need Need some feedback. How should the Prophetic Imagination Station team, I don't know why I call this that. Why? Treat ourselves. How should we treat ourselves? Yep
1: we made it through. And we did this for you.
0: We're going to make you it through. You
1: know I would have quit a million times, right?
0: Yeah, I kept on making you do it. And He's... you made me do it. But right, you have we... made
1: me do it more yeah. than I made you do.
0: <laughs> <laughs> we held each other accountable. I mean, okay. we are
1: committed. And yeah. so we follow through on our commitments, even when we don't feel the feelings, Crispin.
0: I have felt a lot of feelings during these <laughs> 14 episodes. I want to
1: get divorced from Adventures in Odyssey.
0: It's a good... Good call. Is that our new tagline? Yeah.
1: (laughs) (gasps) Thanks for listening.
0: This has been an episode of the Prophetic Imagination Station. Check us out on SoundCloud or iTunes and stay tuned for weekly discussions.